Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. got to go minister in a church down in Ada. I guarantee you, you can't guess what I preached about. Climate change. Okay, just wanted to uh, just keep you sharp. Yeah, we talked a little bit about climate change. But because we weren't here, we didn't get to do a couple things. I want to do that this morning. First of all, I want to thank everybody that helped with the one-stop Santa shop. It was a huge success, and a lot of work went into that. And we had like, I don't know, tons of vendors out there and it was busy all day long and our Bears Club did a great job with that and then also uh, I didn't get to do this but uh, Veterans Day was this past week and we honor those of you that served in the military if you served in the military will you just raise your hand yeah Let, would you give these folks a hand keep them up so we can see we honor you folks we thank you for all that you've done um, we never take that for granted and we trust that you feel that honor. Uh, did, did Steve go get a cup of coffee? Oh, there he is, Steve. I'm calling you out right in front of everybody. Steve has promised me for over a year that when they got that entry knocked out, that there was probably going to be a Sunday he had to do a jig. Uh, he's been waiting on that thing for 10 years, so go ahead, show us what you got. I want. He don't need no, you see, he's happy. Yeah. No, I, we need, do you have anything with a beat, Danny? back? Uh, can you get to that that quick? I don't know if he's, I didn't prep him, Danny. I'm, I didn't prep you, Danny. I'm sorry. Okay, you can, there you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks, Danny. So you can't promise me nothing. I've, I've been waiting on that 10 years. <laughs> yeah, he told me when we got the plans drawn, he said, I've been waiting on that for 10 years. And so uh, we've had this building a little over two years, and we're delighted at the progress. It gives us an opportunity to get our face out to the community. Uh, so that, you know, there are some Sundays, unless we're out here all over the grass, they didn't even know we were here. So it's, it's a delight to let them know that we're here. And then also this morning, I'm really uh, excited. Our missionary, some, one, one, uh, we've got two couples that we support as missionaries. One of our missionary couples is here, Brandon and Jim Becker are here. <coughs> they're back. Um, they're suffering for Jesus in California. I don't know what y'all did. Climate change, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we wish you'd have brought some of the California weather with you. So anyway, uh, I've learned some things over my, li my life. Um, I'm not that old yet, uh, although some people are beginning to wonder with all the gray, but uh, I'd rather turn gray than turn loose. And uh, unfortunately, I'm doing both. But uh, anyway, uh, I've learned some things. There are some things that just don't go together well. Uh, I'm going to mention one this morning that I, I'm trying to look over, see who all's here. It's probably going to be the second crowd that will understand this better than the first crowd. Uh, but uh, You'll figure this out. Like, these things don't go to well, well together. Uh, a teenage boy having a girlfriend around Christmas just doesn't go to well, well together. Now, a wife is a different story. Don't get me wrong. But when you're like 16 years old and you have a, a girlfriend around Christmas is a good time to break up. Because you, you can like buy us a pair of pliers and we would be happy. But unless we can come up with this creative concept for Christmas and go out and get teddy bears and, and necklaces, the world has come to an end and life as you know it ends. Uh, so those just don't go together well. That's my own opinion. I'm probably going to pay for that one later, but that's all right. Uh, uh, how about this one? A donut shop next door to a Planet Fitness. 
just doesn't go together well. Uh, how about this one? An aquarium store next to a sushi restaurant. Do you know there's one in Chicago? I found it on the internet. There's a picture of it. An aquarium store with fish swimming in the window, and next door is a sushi restaurant. Uh, that's not a sushi restaurant you want to go to, I promise. Uh, uh, so anyway, those don't go together well. Here's some other ones. A believer and hopelessness. Just that, that just doesn't fit, man. Uh, a, a, a believer and a lack of love for the church. Doesn't fit. If Jesus gave his life for the church, we should love the church. With all of its quirks, with all of the hypocrites that tend to show up at church, of course, they show up everywhere else, they just don't stand out as vividly. We exp- okay, y'all are here this morning. I just want to make sure. Uh, with, with all of our, our, our issues, as flawed as the church seems to be at times, Jesus gave his life. This is his bride, and we should love it. Uh, and then at least, you know, this one's coming because we've been talking about this three weeks, uh, at least in the modern version, the church talking about money. It just doesn't seem to go together well. And, and we know why that's the case because, uh, unfortunately, some of the, the uh, flaws of the church is a lot of times church abused that concept and preachers in particular have used the, the pulpits to do some manipulation, if you will, or some shallow theology and they contextualize this, the passages of Scripture so that it turns for their good. But now what we've done is we've allowed the pendulum to swing so far that now we don't even want the church to talk about money. And at the same time, most of you are struggling in that area of your life. In fact, it's still the number one cause of divorce in America are financial issues between couples. And then you marry that to the fact that Jesus, when he was on this earth, talked more about finances than anything else. And what it means is is that we can't not talk about money. So I've tried to help you. And so we did it like this. Because I know that when you start talking about money in church, the sphincter muscle tightens up and you sit up higher because you get nervous. So we titled this Other People's Money so that you could relax because what you need to do is touch your neighbor right now and say, he's not even talking about my money, he's talking about your money. Come on, tell him, he's talking about your money. All right, not talking about mine, I'll get a free pass today, I don't even have to listen, he's talking about your money. So you got to take really, really good notes so that when your neighbor misses something, you can remind them on the way out. So just relax, take it easy, you get the Sunday off, I'm not even preaching to you. I'm preaching to your neighbor, right? Okay, so we're all on the same page. Here we go. I want to wrap this up this morning, and I want to talk to you about dollars and cents, different kind of cents. And before you think that your pastor is taking a passage of Scripture out of context, let me just up front say to you, I realize that the passage that I'm going to read to you is Jesus literally talking about discipleship. So I understand that. But I also want you to understand that Jesus, in talking about what it means to be a true disciple, uses financial principles to dialogue about what it means to be a true disciple. So I'm going to be real bold this morning and tell your neighbor that unless you can get a handle on your finances, you can't even really be a true disciple. Amen me for your neighbor. Okay, just so they're listening. I knew they didn't want to amen me. But I, so, so I'm not taking this out of context. Listen carefully. It's found in Luke chapter 14, beginning in verse 25. It says this. 
One day when large groups of people were walking along with him, Jesus turned and told them, Anyone who comes to me but refuses to let go of father and mother, spouse, children, brothers, sisters, yes, even one's own self, can't be my disciple. Anyone who won't shoulder his own cross and follow behind me can't be my disciple. So he's talking about discipleship. Then listen to what he said. He, he, he shifts gears. He says, is there anyone here who planning to build a new house doesn't first sit down and figure the cost so you'll know if you can complete it? If you only get the foundation laid and then run out of money, you're going to look pretty foolish. Everyone passing by will poke fun at you. He started something. He couldn't finish. Or can you imagine a king going into battle against another king without first deciding whether it's possible with his 10,000 troops to face the 20,000 troops of the other? And if he decides he can't, won't he send an emissary and work out a truce? Jesus, in this dialogue about discipleship, throws out some financial principles. In fact, Jesus asked this question. He says, is there anyone here who plans to build a house and doesn't sit down and count the cost? And unfortunately this morning, I'm going to answer the question for him because the answer is yes. Yes, that is the dilemma that we face together is that oftentimes we don't sit down and count the cost. Therefore, you, you wind up with cars you can't afford, living in houses that you can't afford to live in, having phones that are cool, but they're costing you so much that you can't, you don't, it's freaking you out, right? That's why we stress out. We don't count the cost. Jesus says that if you live like that, then in fact, uh, he, he was nicer than I would, he, he says that's foolish. I would say, you're crazy. That's cray-cray right there. You are crazy. That's what he's saying. If you live in such a manner in your life that you don't take time to actually sit down and count the cost, Jesus says you are living like a crazy man. And not only that, not only are you crazy, everybody around you will know you're crazy and they will point fingers at you and you become the butt of their joke. That's your neighbor. Say, don't become the butt of the joke. Uh, you know, I almost left you hanging, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, because I'm talking to them, right? See, I, I, I want to prove to you, if I can, that your neighbors don't count the cost very well. I've discovered some things uh, as we've been talking about this. I, here's one I've discovered. Did you know that the average American makes right around $50,000 a year? And, check this out, and, this, this blows my mind, they average, your neighbor averages $50,000 a year. And, here it is. They randomly or accidentally, without even know it, knowing it, give away 6% of their income every year. Now let that sink in for just a second. Randomly, accidentally, wasn't planned, didn't even realize they were doing it. That's why when we come together as a body and a pastor starts talking to your neighbor about tithing and they go, oh, I can't tithe. They don't even realize it. If they would sit down and count the cost, they probably are already given away to some organization, to somebody close to that in their finances now, and they don't even know it. We don't count the cost. How about this? This one. I think I probably ought to testify. This is my testimony right here. The average American home just a few years ago spent over $2,600 a year on eating out. 
Let that sink in. Do the math. I'm terrible on math. I, like, you figure out how much that is a month. Think about that now. That's ridiculous. And we don't even think about it. We don't count the cost. Oh, it's quiet in here now. See, here's the, here, here's the result. The result is, is that when your neighbor doesn't count the cost, we continue to run out of money before we run out of month. Am I testifying for you right now? Yeah, that, that's where. So Jesus is trying to get us to learn to live in two particular ways. So I take good notes for your neighbor here because I'm going to use some bad words in church. All right, here it is. The first one is Jesus says that we should live on a budget. That's a bad word. That's a bad word. See, here's the bottom line. The bottom line is that our neighbor don't, doesn't like budgets. Because living on a budget requires, here's another bad word, discipline. We don't like that. I just want to spend on what I want to spend on, man. Okay, <laughs> y'all, are, y'all were with me to start. Now you're kind of tightening up. I, I'm not talking about you. Talk about your neighbor. Jesus is trying to teach us that in order to succeed, then we've got to sit down and be diligent to count the cost so that we can live within our means. Right? Count the cost. So here's what I want you to do. Ask your neighbor right now. Go ahead. I want you to turn and look. I'm squaring out and ask them, do you know where your money goes? Come on, ask them. Ask them. All right, if they don't, ask for a loan real quick. No, if they don't know where their money goes, then what that means is is that they are using their dollars with no sense. That's what it means. Without a budget, we live by impulse. And I know this is newsflash for some of you, but our society capitalizes on impulse. They've got it down to an art. It is a science. They have studied it to show and figure out how to to prey on people's impulse. So what happens then is this. The average American spends almost $200 a month on impulse shopping. That's crazy. That's buying with no plan. That's I'm walking through the store had no desire for popcorn that pops up in a particular way, had no desire for uh, lint brushes that are automatic and roll up and down your shirt. That means no desire for 19 lighters in one package. had no desire for like the the 68-pack battery, double-decker, whatever it all is. I had no desire for any of that, but they position it so that on an impulse... Since it's Snowmageddon, I'm going to need 900 batteries, and all of a sudden I spend 25 bucks and didn't even think about it. They prey on us. I would suggest to you this morning that one of the biggest issues your neighbors has today is this. They don't lack dollars. Your, the issue and the biggest problem we have is we simply lack sense. We don't sit down and work this thing. Some of your neighbors are in a constant state of fear and worry because they didn't count the cost until after they built or after they bought. So therefore, what I'm basically saying to you then is this. Buyer's remorse is nothing more than lack of pre-planning. 
You didn't sit down and look at your checkbook and figure this out to discover whether or not this is even feasible. So then when you get it off the lot or when you get it home and hang it in your closet, then all of a sudden when you can't pay the light bill, you freak out. What's your plan? Jesus is trying to teach us to take the time before we build, before we shop, before we browse and count the cost. See, the beauty of a budget is that it forces us to ask two very important questions. Now, they're, I, did, I said they're important questions. I didn't say they were fun questions. I didn't say they were enjoyable questions. They are very important questions, though, That one of which we've already talked about. And that is this. Number one, do I want this or do I need this? We talked about having the ability to discern. A budget forces you to wrestle with, do I really need this? Like, is it the end of the world if my shoes don't hang up in order and I save the $96 on QVC? Or could they just lay in the bottom of my closet? Or could even better, I got 96 pair, could I get rid of something? Never mind. Do I really want this or need this? The second question that it forces us to ask is this, can I afford this? That is a question that most of us as Americans and even as American Christians don't ask enough. Can we afford this? That requires us to sit down. See, developing a budget forces us to be honest with ourselves and if you're married with each other. The reason the fights occur is because we don't sit down and talk about it ahead of time. You need a budget. You need some agreed upon principles like I, we have one. I'm not saying you should have this one exactly, but some version of this. Like our predetermined principle is this. If Julie's going to spend more than $50, she got to call and talk to me about it. If I'm going to spend 500 more than 500 I got to talk no it's it's not like that it's a it's 100 it's an agreeable term it's 100 if we're going to spend $100 we got to talk you got to talk all that out you got to be honest Ever heard of one of those relationships where the husband hides the bills from the wife and the wife hides the credit card she's got her own credit card and hides the bill from her husband it happens it happens it, here, here's the other thing about budgets. It, it, they help us identify waste. They help us see danger before we actually are in danger. Budget's a great thing. Budgets can seem scary at the beginning, but it, it forces us to actually think about our money. We tend to fight boundaries. We do not like boundaries. A budget is a boundary. But I'm here to tell you this morning that a boundary, all a boundary does is it keeps you safe. Here's the deal. It forces us to live on what we make and plan for tomorrow rather than living on tomorrow today. So I am giving your neighbor an assignment. You have homework. Look at your neighbor and say, you have homework this week. Here it is. Here's your homework. Sit down and write out an honest, an honest, don't lie to yourself, don't lie to your spouse, don't lie to your parents. Be honest. Sit down and write out an honest and complete 
no hidden little items that I don't want my spouse to know about. I got my bass boat on layaway, and she doesn't know about it, Jason. And, uh, and I just called him right out in front of everybody, and uh, now I'm playing with him. Complete. Put it all down there. And try to live on it one month. And I want to say to you, you will probably discover you've got more than you knew you had. But you just hadn't sat down and count the cost. Okay. If you don't know how to do that, listen carefully. If you, honestly, because some of us have never heard this stuff before. Some of you lived in households that never operated on a budget. And now you find yourself in trouble. And, and this is like me speaking in tongues right here. Budget? What is that? I need interpretation. I don't even understand. If that's you, listen, seriously, come and see me. I'm terrible at budgets. But I know people who are great at budgets. And I can connect you with them. And they're not going to look down their nose at you and go, oh, man, you're spending $6,700 a year on dog food and you can't even eat when your kids are starving today. They're not going to make fun of you. They're going to sit down and help you. I can do that for you. I can put you in contact with people that are good with money and they can help you. So, all right, here we go. Every head bowed. Every eye closed. I'm serious. Nobody looking around. Nobody. I, I'm serious. If I see you looking around, I'm going to call you down. I've already, I, yeah, see, y'all, some of y'all are already cheating. Close your eyes. Nobody looking around. All right. Everybody in the room that does not have a written monthly budget, close your eyes, raise your hand. Oh, my word. Pull them down quick. Okay. That's what I was afraid of. Wow. And then we wonder why we get in trouble. Good gracious. I was expecting like three of you. Oh, my word. I'm shocked. Good Y'all messed me up. I don't have that many people to send y'all to. Oh, my word. We need help. I'm going to talk to you about help at the end of this message. We got to fix that. We got to fix that. The second thing that Jesus said is that we got to live with margin. He says it. Dave Ramsey calls that an emergency fund, but uh, Jesus said it better. He said, the goal is this, finish. That's the goal. If you're going to start up a, a home, finish a home. If you're going to start a war, finish the war. That's the goal. You cannot do that if you don't have margin. See, here's the issue. I, I've discovered that this is the issue. Most of us don't count cost. Let me tell you what we count. We count leftovers. That's what we do. We don't count the cost ahead of time, so we spend our time then counting what we have left over. And here's the problem with counting leftovers. If you don't have a budget and you're not living on a margin, when you start counting leftovers, there aren't any. So Jesus said you got to finish, and to finish you have to have extra resources put back in case it takes you more to finish than what you thought it would take. Here's our problem. With no budget and no margin, we eat our seed. 
I'm not a farmer, but I know this. If you're a farmer and you take all your seed and throw it in the ground, you will get a crop. And if you take that crop and don't hold any of that crop back as seed, then when it's time to plant again, guess what? No seed. And if you have no seed, this is not rocket science, no seed equals no harvest. And the reason most of us apparently in this room aren't seeing any harvest is because we are month to month, week to week, living paycheck to paycheck, which means I'm eating my seed. I don't have anything held back. I'm not putting anything towards tomorrow. I'm just trying to make ends meet. Jesus said, you can't finish that way. And here's the real dilemma. Nothing always goes the way you thought it would go. Preach, right? You just don't know. Life happens. And here's the dilemma with that. Then when life happens and we have no margin, we want to get mad at God. I'm preaching right now. We want to get mad at God and we want to quote all these scriptures to him. You own all the cattle on a thousand hills. Yeah, but he knows you can't handle it because you don't have a budget. So I ain't loaning my cattle to you because without any budget. Ooh, that didn't go. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to your neighbor. That's what I... I've never seen the righteous forsaken. We want him to bail us out of emergencies that would have never been an emergency if we would have had margin. Okay, it's getting quiet in here. So I want to remind you, can't get off of it. I preached it in Ada. Got to preach it a little bit of it in here. We've talked about climate change. And if you will remember... You better remember, I'll preach it all again. I promise, don't even, try, don't even try me. I'll preach it all again. We said that our goal is to establish kingdom climate in our lives, right? That's what we're fighting for. One of the characteristics and traits of kingdom climate, according to Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 21, was that we come to the place where we can share with those in need. Right? Okay. I just want to make. So here's the question. How can you establish the kingdom climate of generosity if you have no margin? Okay. Let me just, I'm gonna, let me just be honest with you. You will be less likely to give to someone else's need if you have to tap into the resources that are necessary for your own survival. I know you love Jesus. I know you do. I know you honor the Holy Spirit and try to respond to his promptings. But let's just be frank and honest. I mean, we're just trying to be honest here, right? The truth is, as much as I love Jesus and as much as I try to obey the promptings of the Holy Spirit, when he says give and I don't have any margin built into my life, and I recognize that if I now give, my lights are going to get shut off, I'm less likely to obey. And here's why. Our lack of margin causes us, and, and, and out of necessity, I understand this, our lack of margin causes us to become stingy and selfish. That's exactly what it does. 
Because we have, if you don't have a budget and you have no margin, you suddenly become internal in your thinking, and I've got to survive. I mean, you're, you're like Aretha Franklin, man. You're going to survive. And it all becomes, can I pay my bill? Can I pay my car bill? Can I pay my house bill? Can I pay my light bill? Can I, play, can I, can I, can I, can I, can I, and your can I's run you out of any option for me to go, ooh, I can help them. That's what it does. So if you desire to establish kingdom climate, and I know that you do, then you must get to the place where you have margin because you will respond to the Holy Spirit's promptings more frequently and easier if you have margin. Now, I said we were being honest, so let me be very honest. Our congregation, he's talking about us, for the most part, our congregation is made up of people with little to no margin. Our congregation, although very generous with time and talent, we seem to be struggling with being generous with money. I'm just talking about us. We're just having family conversation. If you're a guest here this morning, you can check out right now. I, I, I'm not talking about you. I'm just talking about us. Family can talk about family. We are not the most generous people with money. Ooh, I'm not slamming you. I, I'm proud of the fact that you give. Because there are some churches that don't give. And all you got to do is look at the amount of money and resources that we gave away last year and this year. So I am proud of you. But may I remind you that in 2013... Less than, or right at 51% of this congregation, half, gave less than $1,000 to kingdom ministry. Let that sink in. You know what? The lights are still on. Staff is still being paid. I'm not trying to twist your arm to get something from me. Forget that mess. I'm trying to help you learn to be blessed. And I'm just telling you this morning that what that reveals is we are not living on a margin. And so what it does is it causes the other 50% to have to do your heavy lifting. And y'all want me to really go old school on y'all? Go right into the Old Testament and talk about Achan and what happens when somebody isn't pulling their weight and hides stuff they should be given, it puts the entire nation under a curse. And it doesn't matter that the other 50% is given a full 10% or even more. If you're living under a curse, we're living in a kingdom together here. This is kingdom climate. It puts us all under a curse. I didn't think that was going to go over big, but that's all right. See, I think that what that means is, is that we haven't learned to live on a budget and we certainly have no margin. And here's why I point that out to you this morning. I am convinced that we are better and bigger than that. I'm calling you to a higher level. I'm calling you to not just accidentally give away 6% of your income. I'm asking you to sit down, count the cost, budget, live on a margin, because I want us to get to the place where we learn to do things the way God said to do them, and we actually can establish kingdom climate. And this is what I'm recognizing. If you're living in kingdom climate, here it is, here it is, here it is, the secret. There's no lie. 
for anybody. You go to the New Testament and you read about the New Testament church and the Bible says that they threw all their stuff together and they were able to help everybody in need. Did you know at this moment we have to pick and choose who we can help? But if everybody lived in a budget and everybody lived on margin, then when somebody comes along and they've gone through a rough season because everything doesn't go perfect and they did try to live on margin but their margin wasn't enough, then the church can step forward and go, no problem. Got it covered. Don't worry about it. That's, what I, that's why. Not so the staff can drive Rolls Royces. Thank you, Jesus. I don't want a Rolls Royce. No, I'm playing, 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 playing. Y'all know me better than that. If you don't know me better than that, come ride in my car right now and you will have the ride of your little life because it ain't running very good. That's not what I'm after. I'm not after bigger buildings for bigger buildings' sake. Y'all know me better than that. We have been very diligent that every year we give big time away. Can I remind you that everything you give on Sunday morning, 1% of it goes straight to missions. I know our missionaries wish everybody would give better because instantly their support level goes through the roof. I am convinced that the day is coming where when you get this and live on in budget and margin, what's going to happen is the only supporters they're going to need is this one church. So here's the good news. Tell your neighbor, here's the good news. We're going to help you. The good news is this. In 2015, believe it or not, it's almost here. It just blows my mind. In the second quarter of 2015, we're going to revitalize and re refresh. I'll talk more about this at the first of the year, how we do Passion University. But one of the ways that we're going to do that is we're going to offer Financial Peace University in the second quarter. Nine weeks long. And let me say this. With no reservations, whether you have so much you don't even know what to do with it, come see me, I'll help you. Or you're struggling to make ends meet, which is more of us than the other option. Doesn't matter which of those spectrums you're on, you need to do Financial Peace University because here's what I want to tell you with no reservations. It will change your life. The average for the person that goes through Financial Peace University, the couple that goes through Financial Peace University, is this. In 18 months, they're debt-free other than their house. Bazinga. I'll take that all day long and twice on Sunday. We're making that available to you. You need to enroll in that. It'll, I think normally the cost is like $99. Count the cost right now. Budget it right now. You don't need six more coats at Christmas. Hold the money back. Put it in a savings account. Don't touch it. Get ready. We're going to help you because it will change your life. So my concern for you this morning is that my heart's broken because I saw all the hands that went up. That's scary, y'all. That means that most of us, if what just I saw is true, and I believe it is, I think you told me the truth, that means that more than half of this congregation is on the brink of disaster 
because all it would be all it would be required is this one hospital bill one hot water tank one automobile breakdown and your world would be in chaos you can't live like that that's crazy we got to fix that let us help you fix that please please it's part of establishing kingdom climate tell your neighbor you got homework Father, this morning, my heart is heavy. I felt pretty good coming into this, but now my heart's heavy. We're worse off than I thought. God, I'm asking you for a miracle. I'm not asking you to bail us out of decisions that we've made. We understand there are always consequences to the decisions we make. What we sow, we reap. That's a law in the kingdom. But I am asking you to help us to sow differently. God, my heart's heavy for those that raised their hand this morning. We got some folks in trouble. I pray they take this message to heart. And I pray this week, husbands and wives and young men and young women would sit down and they would literally, completely and honestly write out a budget now there's no shame in this most of us have never been taught so God I pray that you'd give us the willingness to make a change we are desperate for change it's part of the climate change of our lives I pray that you would help us to honestly examine our financial situation we would budget. God, I pray that you would get us to the place where we can live on margin, where there will be a margin that we have built in so that when the promptings of your spirit tell us to give, we don't have to question, we don't have to hesitate, we don't have to be selfish, we don't have to be stingy. We instantly respond because we have margin. God, I'm believing for a new day. I thank you for how faithful people are and they're giving already. I'm just praying now that you would take us to a brand new level so that we can support our missionaries at a greater level, so that we can help those in need at a greater level, so that we can continue to expand and grow your kingdom. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.